Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast. Our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I am Chad Simpson, and today's guest is Tim Cole. You guys are going to just love this interview with Tim. He's a good friend of mine here uh, working with Athletes in Action. And Tim is the baseball director for AIA, um, and he is the general manager of the Chugiak Eagle River Chinooks. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, uh, but Tim is the head coach there. AI, they have three uh, summer league baseball teams that they oversee, and they're able to go through uh, amazing discipleship with with these young men, and uh, Tim shares about that in, in this interview, and um, also just be on the lookout. I love, uh, Tim talked about calling men to be who God called them to be. He, he takes you through the process of what happens when you live to please others versus when you live to trust God. And then he just talks about the power of vulnerability. Uh, Tim's, an, Tim's an open book, and I've loved that about him, but he just talks about that as, as the role of a coach, how vulnerability and being open with your players can have uh, a positive effect. But we're, uh, we're pumped for this one. Uh, dig in, get your notes open on your phone or pen and paper out because uh, Tim's dropping a lot of wisdom here. And so we're just ready to get into this episode right now. Tim Cole, here we go. We got you on the Christian Coach Podcast. Uh, super excited for this one, but uh, we just like to get right into it. So, Tim, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Chad, first off, I, I do just have to say what an honor this is just to be able to be with you. And on this podcast, it's uh, it's such a blessing to be able to be brothers and to be able to do this together. That's um, a great first question. And here's what I'm going to say about it. Being a Christian coach is the most honorable, it's the most challenging, and is the thing that each of us, I pray, that we find our, our rhythms and how we are called to it. Um, here's the thing about being a Christian coach that I think that we miss sometimes. This does not mean that we're called to be soft. It is not called to being a passive or anything like that. For me, it's about uh, how do we love our athletes and speak truth and love into them. Um, and that to me is, is really a really quick synopsis of what being a Christian coach is. It should be hard. It should be one of the hardest things you do in your life. And it should be one of the most purpose-driven things that you do in your life. And if you get those things lined up, man, there is so much that I would say that God can do in and through you. So in a nutshell, that's what I'm going to say is being a Christian coach. Boom. Uh, great answer. And it's a. Uh... It's a gift that I've been able to uh, watch you on on the field uh, executing uh, these things, and just want to dig dig deeper. Just as you talk about being soft or being passive, because um, you know a lot of a lot of Christian coaches or, or chaplains like we're trying to push love. And right. We want our coaches to exude the love of Christ, and if if you could just dig deeper into what that might look like, like. Um, maybe what have you seen in the past as far as coaching in a, in a soft or or passive way? And then like, how can you, how can you get that right? How can you walk that line of, I, I want to love like Christ, um, mm -hmm. but I also want to be um, tough and, and push them forward in their, in their sport. Yeah. It's difficult, right? Like, I mean, there's, there's so much of it in the sense of that even reading through scripture, we know who God calls us to be. And I think that there's oftentimes that we misinterpret the parts of Jesus where, again, 
this passiveness is is not the Jesus I think that we serve. You know, the the speaking truth and the speaking love is honestly exactly what our young men need. It's something that they hunger for, even if they don't know it, it's what they want. And so I tell every single one of my players, and I, and I mean it, I tell them, look, get used to a coach telling you that he loves you. And I said, I don't want you to ever say it back unless you mean it. But genuinely, I love you. You're one of mine. You're a boy. You're one of my boys kind of thing. But with that also comes a different expectation and a different drive that I'm going to push you and I'm going to challenge you to be the best man and to be the best young man that God's called you to be. Also, to show you the man that God could call you to be. I think that's another thing that so oftentimes these young kids, like for me, I'm a baseball guy. And so I know how to make a baseball player better in the game of baseball. But it's so much deeper than that, as we know, inside of being a Christian coach. And so for me, it's a matter of, look, if he is settling or if I see this young man just beat up and, and really just kind of living like the world calls him to live, then I'm not being a good coach to him. Then I'm not truly loving him. And so for me, it's a matter of calling him to be the man that God called him to be. Those are the moments that, oh my goodness, Chad. I mean, that's what we live for. It's hard. It takes time. It takes opportunity to see a lot of failure inside of them and to call them to be better. But there's going to be so many opportunities that you're going to be able to show these young men or your young players what it means to truly love them unconditionally. And that's the hardest thing, right? That's what our father has done for us, our heavenly father. Um, and that's what we're called to do as a Christian coach. But there's many times that you can feel like you're on an island. There's many times that you can feel alone inside of that. So that's why you have to make sure that your relationship with Christ is in line so that you can completely pour in and tell those young men, hey, I love you. And it's because I love you that we're going to get better today and we're not going to settle. Really good, man. Um, and I think it's just such a gift uh, hearing your heart, hearing the journey that you've been on as a man um, to get to the spot where now you are strong, you are secure, you, you know, you're loved, you know, you don't have to perform for the father's love. And now you have this chance uh, every summer to pour into young men and build them up and just want to kind of go back to some of that journey to see like, all right, how, how did Tim get to this spot? in yeah. his life so just take take us back to the beginning you know i heard you in the hallway the other day uh talking about you got homeschooling and kansas uh against you but just tell tell us about your upbringing your sports background uh yeah tell us everything you want us to hear yeah so come from a hard-working blue-collar family um in mulvan kansas is where i grew up just south of wichita and uh, fell in love with sports. And so for me, I, I never thought I was a good student until later in my life. Um, and so, but sports, I understood. I knew it well. Um, had an amazing mother, uh, Lil Cole, who just loved us and, and taught us what it meant to truly walk your faith. Um, for her, there was so much that she instilled in me and my siblings of understanding what does it mean to actually be a Christian? What does it mean to actually walk your faith? And that inside of doing that, it's actually a lot of giving yourself up and it's not an easy road. And so having that as a model was something that really shaped me. Um, my father is someone who is a hardworking individual, owned his own business as a construction worker. And so work is, is really what he knew. 
And so for him, the thing that I will always thank my dad for is that he was at every single one of our games. Um, he helped coach and it was not an easy relationship as, as many uh, young men and their dads, I would say, can relate. And there was a lot of difficult moments with my father and I, and we've, praise God, I've been able to talk through a lot of those things now and have been able to forgive in different ways. Um, but without God, there's no possible way. I would say for me individually, the thing that really helped shape me, Chad, um, was four men. I had four men in my life at different seasons of my life that really helped shape me and that really helped me be the man of God that, that I was called to be. And there's no way I'm doing the things I'm doing without those four men. One of them being Tim O'Biran, who is a huge just father mentor to me and um, a father in the word. And Tim just had a way of, of calling me kind of what we're talking about, to be the man that God has called me to be. So without him, yeah, there's no way I'd be here. Can you can you take me through take me through the other three men and just kind of the journey of of these four men and what what they spoke into you? Yeah. So again, different seasons of life, right? Like, I mean, Tim was at such a pivotal time. It's those teenage years, right? It's those years where you're trying to figure out life. You have all these emotions. You're passionate in different ways, but you're also very broken and you're very hurt and you're trying to figure out who you are. Um, and so that was Tim. He was he was such a he's a pastor at a small church in Kansas. His son and and me were best friends, and so we just um, yeah he just took me in. I mean, to this day, he still calls me son, oh. and that's just so special to me, right? Um, the other one that came into my life was Mike Redwine, and that was in college. And so Mike was a guy, uh, football guy, and he is in the Kansas Football Hall of Fame, this amazing coach for NAIA that won a lot at Mid-America Nazarene University in Kansas City, and then came to where I was in Southern Nazarene University. And Mike just had this way of, again, kind of like Tim, this part of not being soft, but yet having a tender heart and loving people well. Mm -hmm. So Mike was one that really kind of helped me inside of my leadership and really helped me understand, like coaching was what I knew that I wanted to do. Um, probably my junior year in college. And so he was one that I was able to go to and just kind of ask some of those questions of what we're asking today. How how do you love Jesus? And how do you be a good coach for these young men and develop them in the sport that you love? Um, and Mike was by far the perfect person for me in that life span and that season of my life. So, and then now um, I've had two others, Chris Beck, who used to be the director of baseball, which is the role I'm in now, and also Eric Nelson, who's also my supervisor right now. Both of these men are just, yeah, they're giants in the faith. They've been working at Athletes in Action for, you know, 25 plus years. And to just see the wisdom that they have and, and the ups and downs of what it's like to be a follower of Christ has been such an amazing example for me. Um, and yeah, I could go deep into those. But again, I think it's important Part of it is you've got to be willing to ask. You've got to be willing to say, hey, there's something in your life that I want, that I know that I need to follow. And so I want to ask you some leadership questions. I want to ask you what it means to be a husband. I want to ask you what it means to be a good coach and to really dive in. And man, when you are able to do that, it's you can you can really find some gold. Awesome, man. That's really good, Tim. And um, I just want to go back 
to to a moment uh in your life that that was big and I know just kind of the end of the the playing career into the coaching career and it's like a lot of a lot of coaches get into it for the wrong reasons maybe they don't have closure I remember for me that 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 first day at practice when I should have been at practice but the career's done you know I just felt no purpose and um, I feel like some of those things linger sometimes for too long but um can you just take us back to, to that moment of, of you finishing your baseball career? Yeah, man, it is so true. And I, man, I have such a passion for young men when they're finishing their careers, because it's, it's probably honestly one of the hardest things you're going to walk through, uh, especially if you've had some success, if you've been good in your sport um, and you've even maybe tasted some pro ball or tasted some um, pro tennis, right. Or whatever you're in, those are moments that honestly, it's so much of your identity. It's so much of who you are as a man. And you've gotten, you've gotten recommendation as far as people have, they know you, they know who you are in different areas as the baseball player or the tennis guy. And so, yeah, it's your identity. So my moments, and I know everyone on this has heard, and I've probably felt that every athlete dies twice. And for me, it was, it was real for me. It was my Last career um, start, I started on the mound, had a good game. We ended up losing in playoffs and we were beat out at that moment. And I knew that chapter of my life was done. And I was excited for the next chapter. I was getting married to my high school sweetheart and starting the next chapter of life. Um, but man, it hit me. We went through, shook hands. And then when we got in that huddle, it hit me. And it was just something that, again, I had the flashback of, the t-ball games the coach pitch and basketball and football like all the sports right and now this realization of i'm no longer an athlete i'm no longer this person that i've been for 22 years of my life and so yeah it, it hit me hard I, I cried for a good 45 minutes um, but i did feel at that moment i was able to have that closure i was able to have just the moment of knowing this is such an important part of me but it's not the only part of me and uh, but probably the most important part Chad in that moment was walking out to the bus um, my dad was waiting there for me and I'll never forget that moment he hugged me and for one of the first times in my life told me that he loved me and that he was proud of me and so there I am after 45 minutes of crying and believe it or not I've still got more tears and and so cried more and it was just a beautiful moment of feeling, yes, my earthly father's love for me, but also so much feeling our heavenly father's love for me in that very moment. So I was excited for the next chapter, but it was not easy walking for those next few weeks after that. And you're right, the, the purpose, right, of who we are for so long now is changed. And so if I didn't have those men like Tim O'Bearn or Mike Redwine, I think it would have been a lot longer than I would have, it would have taken me to kind of find who I was. And then just journeying with you in the story, as you close out the playing career, you're engaged to Casey, um, starting the coaching career. What was that process like of, of, you know, becoming a coach for the first time? Yeah. Yeah. So Casey and I, Casey, she used to stud athlete. She played volleyball and basketball at Southeastern university in Florida was two time female athlete of the year. So I knew I was marrying up. Right. And, uh, but she, she was, she understood athletics. She understood what it took. And that has become such a blessing um, for us inside of our coaching career, inside of my coaching career. 
And we did long distance for five years. Um, one of those years being engaged, which we don't recommend, but it was great. And God used it in some beautiful ways. Um, Chad, it was awesome. I, I mean, you know, I coached collegiately for eight years with Southern Nazarene and a head coach at Heston College. And um, during those times, yes, it was difficult. And yes, it was hard. But Casey knew my heart so much and knew that this was a ministry for me. And this was my calling in life. And so she knew we always had a thing where if it was too much and it was becoming too much for her, that she could always call that out in me. And um, but the biggest thing was when I went home, I was her husband. I wasn't Coach Cole anymore in those moments. And that was a really pivotal thing, a thing in our life. And uh, I also had a coach, Robert Lee, who was the head coach at Southern Nazarene University when I was an assistant there. And that was probably one of the biggest things that I'll always take away. It's my first year as a coach, super excited, ready to get going. And he pulls me into his office, sets me down day one, looks me dead in the eyes and says, look, you're going to be an amazing coach. You're going to change lots of lives. He's like, but you got to understand one thing. Don't you dare, don't you dare take this home. He said, when you leave this field, you are the husband now. You are not Coach Cole anymore. And I will always remember that conversation and his willingness to take that time to pour into me and helping me. And it really did. It helped me kind of shape the, uh, there's times, right, where you you do, you take it home and there's going to be moments, especially tough games or tough losses. You It's hard to, to not take that home. But for the most part, I would say that I've been able to kind of say, hey, it's done. Now we look to, to the future to move on. Um, and at that moment, I get to be a husband. And that's, again, one of the first roles that God's called us to do. And just uh, just watching your guys' marriage, uh, just seeing you and Casey have a special love for one another. Um, just curious, early in coaching, did you have any like little little rules or or things to try to help so that you could just take the coach hat off and go home and just be, all right, I'm husband now? Because I think a lot of coaches really, really struggle with that, obviously, and, and marriages are under attack. But yeah, any advice you would give for a young coach uh, trying to implement that uh, in their life? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as as young men and as men in general, you know, the way God designed us is, is we're designed to fix things, right? Like we're designed to make things um, better in so many aspects when we're in our healthy rhythms of life. Now, when it comes to a marriage, it's something that, yes, there will be moments that God calls you to fix things inside of marriage and to fix things in areas of uh, Casey and I's life, right? But oftentimes it's not, it's not that I'm not called to be Casey's savior. I'm called to point her to the savior. And that is something that I think in marriage that so many of us will miss at times in a good heart and in a good way. Um, so Casey knows that, right? And so for us, it was a matter of she does have the one rule we had is uh, she could say, hey, I don't need Coach Cole. You know, I need Tim. I need Tim Cole. And so that was kind of the the part where I realized or recognized like, okay, I need to take my hat off as far as I'm not the coach right now. I'm the husband first. I think something that gets really difficult is we can almost become a little bit of a zombie at times when we get home. And it's really hard for us to kind of go from this high intensity, especially when maybe it's been a hard practice or a hard game or a hard loss. Those are the moments where going home it takes a little bit more of like, okay, I got to make sure I'm the husband. Without prayer, I don't know how you can do it. It's something where um, 
even just driving up in the driveway or if I need to stay in the office for maybe 30 more minutes, I need to end that day of, of asking God, God, help me to let this go. Help me to be prepared for tomorrow, but help me to tonight go home and to be the husband that you called me to be. And I, I mean, there's been so many moments I have not done that well. There's been so many moments where it has been something difficult in our life. Um, but overall, I would say that, yes, it's such a privilege that I get to go home to the love of my life, Casey, and that I get to spend that time with her is so, so, so valuable. And the moment that we start understanding that today is the moment I think your marriage will continue to flourish. Old man, really good advice. Um, and just as you guys continue there, you had a good run as a coach, eight years. Um, and, and then you do something, uh, crazy. I don't know what we call this as we join staff with AIA, but you guys decided to take this leap of faith and just what was stirring in your guys' hearts. What made you say yes to, to join with athletes in action? Yeah. Oh, that's such a good question. So yeah, Chad, I mean, I I've always known my calling is to be a coach and to those eight years of coaching were some of the most pivotal times of my life that I knew that God was working in me. Um, back in 2017, I took a trip to Guatemala and Panama uh, with Athletes in Action Baseball and USA Baseball. And for that moment, getting to see discipleship into these young men's lives, it was something I experienced once uh, with the Oklahoma City Ambassadors. It's a team I played for right before college. And it was something that 10 years from that date, I was experiencing again. And it had this new stirring in my heart of just, this is this is what we're all after. This is what it means to be a Christian coach. This is what it means to call young men to be better kind of thing. Um, and I just, I, I fell in love with the discipleship, seeing these young men, just the walls completely come down inside of discipleship, the vulnerability, the honesty, the willingness to want to dive into the word, but to want to to want to help, you know, again, generations below them and generations to come to understand that like, you're going to leave a legacy. What's it going to be? And so many of us, unfortunately, have maybe been handed not the great, a great legacy. And so how do you break those chains of heritage? How do you love what you've been given, but then start a new legacy, right? Those were things I was seeing in 2017 and I fell in love with it. Um, it took me three years to finally say yes to it. Every year at the uh, ABCA, the Baseball Coaches Convention, it was something that I talked to Chris Beck and Jason Lester, and at that time, John McLaughlin about, and every year it, it was something like, man, I, I would love to do it. I would love to, I'm going to support it, but it's just not me, right? I'm blue collar. I can't raise my own support, like all these other things that honestly were kind of excuses. Um, and then 2020 rolls around before COVID. And that January of 2020, I have a meeting in Dallas or actually Nashville with Chris Beck. And uh, he just said the words I needed to hear. You know, he just, he was kind of, again, calling me out in truth and love and just said, um, you know, could it be pride kind of thing. And it was something that I, I hadn't really, I would say, given the time to really pray through that. Um, and then a week from that time I met with Chris, I was, I was meeting with an athletic director about a possible new job and the job that I was actually kind of excited about. And so interview went great. It was a good time with him. And then at the end of that conversation, he goes, you know, Tim, Hey, selfishly, 
we want you here kind of thing. He goes, but I don't know why, but for the last three months, I have not been able to stop thinking about you and Casey with Athletes in Action. And uh, it was just one of those things so much out of left field where it was like, I, I think we need to pray about this and talk to Casey about it. And she was just like, yeah, I could totally see us doing it. So long story, but yeah, when God interrupts you, he interrupts you. <laughs> Thankfully, this time we finally listened. And it has been one of the hardest and one of the best things that has ever happened in our lives. And so we've been on staff now going into our third year. Um, and man, Chad, we every single day, every single year, we look back and just say, I can't believe this is what we get to do. It's such a blessing. Well said. Well said. And what did you what did you see? So you went on the trip as a coach to Guatemala. Um, you're talking about the discipleship of these young men. Um, can you just expound on that? Like what what exactly were you guys doing with them, leading them through and, and just coming off of this awesome summer up in Alaska? Like, um, yeah, coach me up on on the discipleship curriculum that you guys are using and, and what you're doing there. So one of the most beautiful moments about summertime is that we are with them. I mean, we're doing life together 24-7. Uh, they don't have to think about school um, or they're not doing school usually in those moments. And the best thing about international and Alaska, uh, Alaska kind of feels international in different ways, is you're, you're kind of stripped of everything. So you're away from family, you're away from girlfriend. You're away from all the things that bring comfort in your life or things that you know to be comfortable in your life. And so you're stripped of all of that. And so really within like the probably the first week or two, you start to see guys that are are really in it and that are in it in a good way. And guys are struggling and are just kind of trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and those are some of the best moments, Chad. They really are. Those are the moments that you get to see a young man, maybe for the first time, really be uncomfortable and if he's willing to just be open and be honest and be vulnerable to see a completely freedom inside of his life. Um, probably the other great thing is we get two months. So we're with these guys, you know, eight weeks out of the year. So it allows us and it gives us a lot of opportunity to dive in to a lot of things. Um, discipleship wise, yeah, we go through what's called the Athletes in Action. It's a baseball discipleship book. Uh, that we go through and we give all the guys this and we're going through spiritual disciplines. We go through biblical manhood. Uh, we go through what is scripture? Why can we trust it? What is the Bible? You know, have you even even how do you even open the Bible? It's, uh, you know, it's 66 books we know, but what does it actually mean? So we go through all of that. Uh, we go through relationships and purity. Love, sex and dating is, is something we do at the end of the year. It's always a, it's always a great time. Uh, and then we we also go through kind of what we call our AIA, the Athletes in Action principles. We have five principles that we go through and we dive into of what does it mean to be an athlete and a Christian. And so those are things that we kind of get to dive in. Uh, that's a very you know small part of it, but probably the biblical manhood, what is the Bible, and love, sex, and dating, I would say are the most fruitful filled discipleship moments that we see in these young guys' hearts. The other thing that we do, all the guys will share what we call the triple H. And so right before discipleship or beginning of discipleship, one guy will share his hero or heroes in his life. What has been the biggest heartache that they have experienced in life at that part or hardship? And then what gives them hope 
what is their hope or heart? What's their heart, their passion? Those are different ways that have really, we've started to see guys opening up in ways we've never seen before. Um, so much of it is a matter of you being willing to be vulnerable and kind of opening that up and leading with vulnerability. But when you do that, you start to see some walls. You know, guys are saying, I've never shared this before. I've never walked through this before. Um, and yeah, freedom and redeem. I would say that Christ is in the business of redeeming so many of us. And that's what we get to see every summer. Can you walk me through the the balance? Because a lot of coaches out there, um, they're, they're probably hearing what you're saying about vulnerability, but they, they just don't want to uh, show weakness or give any power away. But just can you walk me through that on how do you dance dance through that as a coach to to be open and be vulnerable um, but still be the coach and be the leader through it yeah you know it really is one of these things that i think it, it all depends on how you view the word vulnerability it all views in the sense of what do you feel and what do you see when you hear that word because the truth is is that if you are a believer God wants us to be vulnerable with one another. He wants us to be open and honest with what's going on in our lives. Um, but if you as a coach are not able to have kind of support around you, you're probably never going to be able to be vulnerable to your athletes, especially when you're younger. I mean, when you're in your mid twenties to, to young twenties, like you're, you're the same age as a lot of those guys. So I know it can be really intimidating. And I would say in those moments, just don't be afraid to even ask God, God, help me, help me to be honest, help me to be vulnerable and help me to share the things that you want me to share. And the other thing is God, help me to be bold. That's the, that's the thing that I think that so many times we settled to be soft or um, weak, or like you said, in those, those moments, but really it's an act of boldness. It's an act of courage. When you're able to, to share maybe your story or even just what's going on in your life or why it's so important to get this thing right, right? Why it's so important to show up to practice and give 100%. Why it's so important to not settle. Why it's so important to give your life up and live for others, right? It's the hardest calling in life. It's the most challenging thing that you can do, yet it gives you the most freedom and the most purpose in your life that you'll ever have. And so being vulnerable, I would say, is being bold and courageous, because in those moments, Chad, those are moments, right, that we're, we're sitting there and saying, God, not me, but you. Help me to take one step forward for you and help me to give myself up and help me to share the things you want me to share, not ramble, right? Because we can do that at times, especially as coaches, but just to share maybe one or two points of this is the real part of my heart. And when you can do that, man, that's when I think that you get players that are willing to just, you know, run through the wall for you or run through the wall for anybody at that moment. Because again, you're able to break down those barriers. It's not my way or the highway. It's a, hey, this is who I am. And this is who God's made me to be. And this is who you could be too. And just being able to, to be your friend and be near you. Um, you've, you've influenced me in the vulnerability. So um, I appreciate that. And, and uh, you know, I, one time, I don't know if you go through this with your players, but I, I heard you share it with, with our staff, just talking through the shame um, cycle and um, yeah, just, just curious. I know that's probably like a 30 minute 
sit down lesson, but didn't, didn't know if you could condense that down to, to two or three minutes. And so what, what did that mean for you as you're going through it? And, and how do you convey that to others? Oh, yeah, absolutely, Chad. And that's, yeah, the shame cycle. The thing of it is, it's, it's, it's the life issues, right? All of us have life issues. All of us are going through things that have been given to us that's not fair, or we've made choices that have now we have to kind of reap the benefits or the consequences of what we've done with those choices. And so the thing that we talk to our young men about, and this is something I talk to a lot of leaders. So this is probably more of the leadership side of things. Um, when it comes to life issues and it comes to pivotal moments that you're going to have as a coach, as a husband, as a father, and so many other things is you have two roads really. And, and scripture is pretty clear in this too. Either you're going to please, which is the cycle that so many of us go into, or you're going to trust. And so either you're going to please and do everything you can as a leader to please those around you, to make yourself look like you've got it figured out, to make yourself look like you're the man, all those kind of things, right? You're going to please, please, please. And that's something that I, it's very easy for me to kind of fall into is that, hey, I want to please and be pleasing to others so that they like me or that they think that I'm a good leader or different things like that. The problem with pleasing is let's just play out that road real quick, okay? Is that it leads to, usually it's going to lead to sin. Uh, it's going to change perception. And then what happens, and this is where coaches, and it's definitely as I would say even Christian coaches, this is where we, unfortunately, we, we're really good at this. We put the mask on. We know how to put the mask on. Masks lead to hiding. Now it le leads to sin management. And that's where that shame, that hide, that cycle just kind of goes over and over and over again. And the unfortunate part about that is what that leads to, okay, is that leads to all of us looking back at those coaches and talking, man, they had so much potential. It's that word potential. There was so much potential in that guy. If he could have just gotten out of maybe that pleasing or wearing the masks, and eventually it's going to come out. We all heard it. We all know it, but it really is true you really have to start figuring out these things and asking those hard questions of who am I? Why God did you design me to be a coach? And am I willing to do the hard things? Am I willing to say yes to the hard things? And am I willing to say no to maybe the things I want to say yes to? So the other road is trusting. Okay. This is the hardest thing that we have to go through inside of coaching as a husband, as a father, and just as a believer in Christ. Trusting God is by far, in my opinion, probably the hardest thing that you will walk through as a believer, because through trusting him, you're willing to say it's, you know, my desires. Okay. For my wife and I, like kids is a big thing. You know this about my story, Chad, but it's important to say it. There's so many things, right? We're not able to have kids right now. And through a miracle, my wife was able to get pregnant. And so that I've never felt so much joy in that moment. And then she had a miscarriage probably three months after that. And to have so much just hurt during that time. Okay. So I needed other believers. I needed other coaches. I needed other men around me to kind of help me in those moments. And ultimately it took me about three years. I finally got there to say, God, I trust you. I trust you through this process. I trust you and who you called us to be as future parents. I trust you, even though I don't understand and you've hurt me and I'm angry, I trust you. What trusting does is that it's living out who God says I am. That's the thing. 
I'm living out the scripture and I'm living out who God says I am. This leads to humility. It leads to growth. And ultimately, instead of potential, it leads to destiny. Okay. This was the destiny. This is who God ultimately called me to be. That's something, again, in the Bible, like David, right? He wasn't a perfect man, but man, he lived in his to be the destiny that God's called him to be, the legacy, right? Kind of goes back to that part. So that's a, a quick synopsis of maybe what that usually that is for leadership inside of who we are called to be as leaders. Yeah. Um, but yeah, life issues, the shame cycle, we all, we all are in that at times. And to be placed in a position as coach, uh, you have so much uh, power and authority. And um, if you haven't gone through this inner journey of, of figuring out who you are, where your identity sits, um, it's a dangerous, uh, dangerous and destructive position to be given uh, or any leadership position. So I'm just so thankful for for the work God's uh, done in your lifetime and continuing to do. And um, yeah, the the destiny versus potential, pleasing versus trusting. That's really, really good. And um, just the encouragement for every, everyone listening, whether it's counseling, mentors, books, like I think you just have to go through that inner process. But I appreciate your openness and vulnerability. And um, we we just like to end each podcast. And and I'm selfishly, I'm, I'm thankful that uh, this is we hit end here and I get to keep uh, picking your brains and, and walking with you uh, to continue the learning uh, what it means to be a man. Um, but just to, we like to end in prayer. So just how, how can we be praying for you today, Tim? Yeah, Chad, again, I, I can't can't begin to thank you enough for for doing the hard things. Right. So many of it is we're designed to do hard things. And we are designed to, again, be the men that God's called us to be. So getting to coach baseball, getting to coach tennis and playing baseball, like those are the easy things, right? But getting up every day and surrendering and trusting God, those are the hard things that we're called to do. Um, I would say the prayer request for me is just that, is for continuing to trust God and who he says we are and who he says I am and to be able to lead for him and not myself. That's so my my prayer all the time is God help me to be where my feet are help me to be here today and help me to get out of the way help me to let you lead and not myself and so that's something that I, I will always need prayer in especially as inside of leadership inside of um, baseball coaching all of those things those are that's my heart that's what I want my heart to be good man that's good thanks for sharing let's let's pray. Lord, we just thank you, God. Thanks so much for Tim. Um, thanks for him and Casey, their their marriage, God. And just pray, Lord, that you would just bless Tim and help him to trust, help him to um, walk by faith and not by sight, uh, help him to, to die and get out of the way and let you live through him, God. And uh, thanks for all the, the seeds that were planted for, for the young men that came to know you this summer through their baseball team, God, and just pray that they go out and uh, make disciples of all nations, God. And uh, just thanks for calling Tim here to serve with Athletes in Action. Pray that's all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And just coach for you tuning in here with us. Um, we're just so thankful um, for for Tim and uh, for just for the process that he's gone through. You can tell he's been very intentional. Uh, he sought out mentors and God's provided that in his life. And um yeah, we just really strongly encourage you to to take serious this platform as coach 
Um, it can have massive, massive influence for the good. And it can also have massive, massive destruction for, for evil. If we're doing it all, all for ourselves. if it's ego driven, if it's pride driven, uh, versus just the heart of Christ to the heart to serve. And so, um, just as your journey with us here on the Christian Coach Podcast, we would love for you to give us your feedback, uh, send us an email, rate, review, share word of mouth. All these things uh, really help this uh, message to grow that we're trying to spread. And that's um, to be, you know, spiritually healthy, to to be emotionally healthy, and to coach with Christ. Um, we end every episode the same way. And just remember, Coach, that the mission field is right where you're at. <laughs>